This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, my goodness! Oh, my goodness! Oh, Far post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Catch to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! Celebrate Lewis Ward's birthday as Town bounced back from last week's loss to Salford to beat Mark Hughes's Bradford City in dramatic style. Here to discuss, first of all, is Tyler. Hello, Tyler. You alright, mate? I'm very well, thank you. Um, I've got to get used to your very, you know, blunt replies. We are the kings of waffle, if nothing else. Oh no, I can be blunt, but I can waffle if you want me to. It's, it's oh, your we certainly will. Thank you, and I choose Waffle later on, absolutely. And if we are the kings of Waffle, well, then the god is Dan, and he's here. Hello, Dan. <laughs> Theatre Waffle. Good evening, gentlemen. I just, and you know, I, I like Waffle, and I also like stats, and I just want to drop in 66.66% recurring of this podcast tonight attended Kingsdown School in Stratton. <laughs> so Kingsdown School clearly produce podcasters. Follow your dreams, kid. <laughs> oh, Christ. Rich, have I stunned you into silence? <laughs> I've got nothing really to say to this, you know. I hope their Ofsted is good. Uh, Probably uh, who not, knows to be honest. <laughs> <Who knows? laughs> but me and Tyler are both Stratton boys. Mm-hmm. None of this West Wilts rubbish. Yeah, that, that's better because I can't, you know, be all snobby here because I must mention my West Wilts roots. You never do. On a, never do, never. Have I not told you? Even though I'm, you know, 
very much of North Wiltshire heritage, but you know, this multicultural Wiltshire society that I'm from. <laughs> Born in West Wiltshire to North Wiltshire parents. They'll make a movie about it one day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we came to spill and spill we will. Waffle, a waffle. car crash already. But we've got a win to discuss, which is glorious. We got Tyler who was there. Dan who was watching it from his uh, <laughs> from his holiday home in France. Isn't that right? Uh, well, I must stress it was my friend's holiday home in France. So legally... I'm all right, I think. I don't know. Tax purposes, right? Yeah. I get you. I get you. Okay. I, I I really enjoy like the perspectives when we have somebody who was at the game and then somebody who wasn't. Because, Tyler, I don't know about you. When I'm at a game, I'm not negative, but I think I see every bad moment. And when I check my phone at halftime and I, I sort of see people who are watching it from afar, they're always much more positive, except, you know, with the really bad games. Yeah, definitely. I mean... When you're at the game, it it feels like the people around you just tend to be a bit more negative because you know you've made the you've made the long journey, and if one thing goes wrong, it sort of feels like the the world's falling in on you. Um, but I I think I can be quite positive at games, although it it may get annoying to some of my mates that I go with. So we we take that and 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 we roll with the punches. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Here we are again on the road, and we had a familiar face returning to the Swindon squad. Finally, um, on the bench for this one was Jack Payne, having not played for Swindon since New Year's Day. There was some pre-game drama, Dan, with the announcement that Tomlinson was starting, and then he was out of the squad, pulling up with a groin injury before the game. As As... More players will become unavailable, as we'll discuss later. Not a good start to the day, was it? No, it certainly wasn't. Um, it was a funny one because it wasn't actually announced. Um, I was listening to the Bradford commentary and it foxed them. And having had a bit of a watch back and listened to Andrew Hawes and Paul Caddis, it foxed them for the first two or three minutes as well. Um, out of nowhere, you just see Akinoda Mayer. You can't miss him. Um bit of a different haircut to Joe Tomlinson and um, you're sort of scrambling around your mind thinking right who's not on the pitch Hunty's over there Odomay's over here yeah and eventually you work out it's Tomlinson and it's real shame um, sounds like a tight groin which you know a bit of a precautionary measure hopefully he can be back maybe for Oldham on Saturday smart money says he's not going to be available for Tuesday at Exeter which is a, a real shame we, you do lose a bit of uh, marauding uh, down his flank. Um, Odomeo filled in pretty well, though. You, you, you just naturally, you lose a bit of that attacking uh, spunk, don't you? Yeah, post-game, Garner said that Tomlinson was to have a scan shortly, which always fills me with a little bit of dread. But, of course, he it's praised <laughs> Odomeo. <laughs> Um, saying that he did very well considering he had five minutes notice. And Tyler, Odomir hasn't played for a good few weeks now, has he? So, you know, he he did pretty well in those circumstances. Yeah, with, with such short notice, like to step in and keep their winger as, as quiet as he as he managed to for the most part, it, it was very good going from him. And when he's not played in so long, this is his first game back after after Tranmere, I think it was where everyone just seemed to have an off day to step up to the mark and and kick on with it. Very good. And there was that one moment, I want to say it was in the second half, when he's nearly had his shirt pulled off his back. 
and he's just somehow kept the ball, skinned two of their men, and then had the cross blocked and won a corner. And you thought, well, it's pretty good going for someone who's, who's like I say, just, just come back with five minutes notice. Fantastic. Dan, then, talk me through the early exchanges, because I didn't watch this game. I didn't follow. Um, I was elsewhere, and certainly not in any holiday homes in Europe at this stage. Looking back at a lot of the messages across social media during this game it's quite clear that Bradford were very much up for this and this was hard graft performance talk me through those opening stages though yeah well I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it was as bad or worse as our start at Tranmere the difference being we didn't concede so very first minute um Cook played in Comfortable save for Wallacott. Then Louis Reed of all people, caught on the ball. A bit like Cooper, caught on the ball at Tranmere, which led to a um, Colin Lavery shot, uh, sort of skied over. So the warning signs were there. And um, as I was scribbling away, the words I used was poor, poor start. We looked all over the place. And I think perhaps there was some mitigating circumstances with the omission, late omission of um, Tomlinson. Odomeo coming in, which meant that Hunt also had to change sides. So certainly we looked like a side who was trying to work out where we were all playing. Um, you know, six minutes in, another very good save from Wallacott. Cook again. Um, eight minutes, very, very good defensive header by Hunt at the back post. I think the chap coming in may have been offside anyway, but it just told you about how much pressure we were putting on ourselves but also Bradford were putting on us I thought you know with Mark Hughes having had a, a whole week on the training ground after their um, Mansfield defeat last week you could certainly see the uh, the fruits of his early labours um, Bradford were bang up for it a couple of players coming back into the side like Gareth Evans who got the goal he was very good Lavery up front who I remember scoring against this a couple of times for Sheffield United in the past so He's got a bit of pedigree. He he was okay. Cooks a handful. So, yeah, we were of our own doing all over the place. But Bradford very much on top and should should have come out of that opening 10 minutes 1-0 up, really. A couple of smart saves from Wallacott, but saves you'd want him to make, I think. Yeah. Tyler, did you get that? I know exactly the feeling of going to a game and you're really pumped for it. And then the game starts and then you think, oh God, not today. And remembering watching the Tramier game, it was quite apparent very early on that it was going to be one of those days. Did you share the same feeling as Dan from afar, like in the ground, like I've come up all this way and this is not going to end well for us? Yeah, like as soon as 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 the first five or so minutes had gone, I was thinking to myself, I've I've done a Tranmere again. I've I've made all this journey for <laughs> absolutely no reason. Um, but Jojo was like Dan said, just phenomenal, and he really kept us in the game through that first ten fifteen minutes. Um, and I do do think it was more of a where the adjusting to having Odomayo come in and Hunt swap sides that sort of undid us a little bit to start with, and then it was our own doing and just sloppy mistakes that kept giving them the ball back in dangerous areas. So it was impressive that we got through unscathed, whether that was down to us just defending well or Bradford being really poor in front of goal. I'm I'm not the one to say, but 
I'd, I'd definitely lean on the side of Jojo keeping us in that first 10 minutes was absolutely vital. Yeah, in the post-game with Andrew Hawes on BBC Radio Swindon, Ben Garner said we started slowly and they started really well playing a diamond. We weren't quick enough, but we got to grips with it. We had to change the shape, conceded a little bit of ground with their centre-halves, but he thought we could win it in the mid-third and break off and that the opportunities were there. So... Is that in the early stages of the game then, Dan, where they, they spice things up? Or was it or was it after the first goal? Um, well, it's hard to say. Really. Certainly, Bradford's fine start sort of peaked with um, Gareth Evans scoring that left foot volley. Hilariously shoving his own teammate out of the way to uh, make sure he could uh, swing his left foot at it. Um, but before that, we'd given a bit of a warning sign of what we were capable about uh, during the match. Um, McCurdy sort of run down the uh, Swindon right and the left-back folds. This was the start of a very tough afternoon for him up against McCurdy. McCurdy had him on toast, basically. Um, yeah, so McCurdy sort of cross-come shot, um, cleared off the line by Songo, um, sort of Good chance to put another follow-up cross in, which was straight at the keeper. So it was sort of slowly feeling our way into the game. And perhaps, you know, as it played out, you know, equalising three minutes after Bradford took the lead, maybe that was the the wake-up call that Swindon needed. It sort of got us out of our funk. Um, and certainly I thought the body language of the Swindon players after equalising was quite telling, even for McCurdy, who is chief milker, of goals um, <laughs> to be at the Bradford end in front of the Bradford cop. And all he's thinking about is getting back to the halfway line and almost saying, right, come on, lads, we start now, you know, back, back level. Um, so, yeah, I mean, perhaps Tyler can uh, talk about the intricacies of the goal. Um, it was a, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous goal. It is. It, it was absolutely lovely. I mean, I think it came from a throw in. Um, and yep. then is it Johnny Williams wins his header and it's, it's almost like the header you'd expect Davison to do with like proper target man play, just holding it up, bringing it down. And that little back heel sort of flick from Ellis to give it back to Johnny is is absolute top-notch quality. And that's from someone who, who isn't Ellis's biggest fan, although he, he is changing my opinion. So go on, Ellis, I guess. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, th- I thought... As soon as that ball goes across the face of goal and you can see McCurdy's within three yards, you, you think that that's going in. Like, I don't think there's any player this season I'd rather in that position than, than Harry. It's, it's a bit adjudication panel for those who listen to the Football Clichés podcast, but how early can you run back after scoring a goal as if you want to get on with the game ASAP? <laughs> because, because McCurdy scores on, what, 20 minutes? And... And he's like, "Come on, lads, back to the like." Yeah, all right. I like seventy it. minutes I here. Lads. <laughs> I think that showed, um, despite the poor start, Swindon meant business. And certainly, um, whilst he's not captain's armband material, McCurdy, he is a leader by no? example <laughs> with uh, work rate and just his attitude towards attacking. So, yeah. Lord, could you imagine Harry McCurdy with a captain's armband? 
he would just say, there's only one leader and that's John Terry. And, <laughs> and, and, and we'll leave it at that. More, more from McCurdy obviously was saving all of his sort of energy for post-match, which we'll discuss a bit later on. But 1-1, lovely finish. What we expect from McCurdy and the team really, Tyler, seemed to be... They're so it, it reminds me a bit like how Wellens' sides said, here's your, here's your forward in Owen Doyle. Get it to him. Give him half a chance and he will score. And in 2022 especially, that seems to be the way that we're going with McCurdy. Just get it to him and he will do the rest. Is it? I, I, I'd say he's, he's a bit more like a, a Jerry Yates with, with the like willing running. If you get him the ball in a good area, nine times out of ten he will score. But I don't think he's he's someone a bit like Dor who would just lurk in the six yard box and you want him there. That's that's not McCurdy at all. He he is more like Yates where he'll drift about the pitch, get on the ball and, and try and make things happen as well as when you need him in the six yard box. He, he's there to just tap it in an empty net half the time. So yeah, I'm I'm happy to go with that. Absolutely, I, I still think there is an element of Doyle when he is in the middle, but I completely agree that there's maybe a little bit more work rate um, in the build up to there. Dan, thoughts? Well, that's McCurdy to Blackpool sorted. Um, I'm already <laughs> sad about that. Uh, <laughs> but no, I just um, I, I think that's a pretty good comparison actually on Yates because um, yeah, probably in a normal season, McCurdy playing as wide forward, he probably is a 13-14 goal a season man. But he's having a very, very good year. And I think he's benefited from playing up front with Tyrese and, and latterly uh, Davison being good foils. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about the goal. I thought Davison, being the selfless kind of striker he is, just deserves a bit of a pat on the back um, for his run. So he just pulled off to the penalty spot, which took... I think it's Paulie O'Connor away, which allowed McCurdy the freedom to run across from back post to near. So just, um, yeah, I mean, he won't get an assist for that, but um, it is good forward play from Davison just occupying centre-half. So I spoke a, a pod or two ago about well-functioning front freeze. I think, Tyler, you were on the pod that day as well. And quite often, the sort of one wide forward crosses and the other wide forward scores. And we see that again with Williams crossing for McCurdy. And Davison sort of being uh, doing the donkey work in the middle of him. So whilst Davison's only got three goals from nine games, I think he has been highly, highly influential to Swindon's run of four wins in five. Deserves a big pat on the back. Consider it patted. And a lovely head of hair too when he's not in oh, a ponytail. Wow. Wow. George of the Jungle. Yeah. <laughs> Huge, yeah, huge Brendan Fraser 90s vibes, George of the Jungle <laughs> vibes there. Absolutely. Dan, sticking with you, incident shortly after yes. 1-1. Talk me through it. Well, I'm going to have to go all Arsene Wenger on you here because I didn't see it. The sun, for whatever reason, just the sun went mental and that corner of the pitch was really quite obscured. So you could just about make out Long ball over the top. Cooper's got it covered. Passes back to Wallacott. And then you just see a sort of blur. Cooper hits the floor. Don't really know what's going on. What is slightly disappointing from a Swindon point of view is the linesman was right there. Um, the Bradford commentators were worried. Hawes and Caddis were suggesting Cook may be in, it, be in some hot water. So, yeah, I, I think maybe... At the county ground, that's a slightly different outcome, but 
in front of the 15,000 at Valley Parade. The refs sort of taken the easy way out. I had a strong word, but I was very surprised he wasn't at least booked. Um, but yeah, I like Cooper. He's, he's quite niggly. I'm trying to think which home game was it where we beat Warsaw 5-0. He was having a quite a long running battle with Connor Wilkinson, um, both having little pops at each other. So yeah, I, I like Cooper. Gives you a real grit um, and he's willing to do some of that dirty sort of psychological work as well, giving us a bit of bite. Yeah, uh, I've got to be honest, I'm disappointed because when I read your notes, it, it seemed to say incident cock on Cooper. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but sadly, he plays um, for Leeds, doesn't he? Cock. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm afraid the, the pen let you down on the second O. That's just over the road um, from Bradford, actually. So you're not far off. Not far off at all. OK, Tyler, once we'd equalise in that, you know, quite disappointing incident came to an end. How, how did the rest of the half play out? Were, were Swindon on top or were Bradford looking to get back in? I think this, like the second half of the first half was, was much more even, much more 50-50. We had a couple of chances, they had a couple of chances, but there was never anything I can remember that was too clear-cut and you thought, oh, well, that, they deserved a goal there or, or we've deserved a goal there. I think it was quite quite even and I think there was one moment Jojo's pulled off another really strong save. I don't yeah, know from if that was or after the goal. Yeah, that's the one. Um, and a- apart from that, no, it was quite, quite even and just seeing it out to half-time, I think, which we needed to do because we'd sort of shot ourselves in the foot with the way we started. Mm. Well, I'll proffer, just to um, just to count on that, um, there was a very, very good chance for Davison, a header at the back post yes. from another yeah. very... Very good bit of McCurdy build-up, giving Folds uh, a miserable time, and then putting it on a sixpence for Davison. And I, t- I, I, I feel for him a little bit. I think the the defender trying to head it just before him's probably just put him off. But yeah, you want your big number nine just nestling that in the corner because really that could and should have been two one Swindon going into the break, which probably would have been a bit bit flattering given Bradford's successes in the early part of the half but like Tyler said Swindon came much more into it and ended the half uh ended the half the stronger do you think with Davison and Davison has really impressed me but in terms of shots on goal he he doesn't half need his fair share or more than his fair share is is this is this a downside of his game or is this just you know once he's in the swing of it he'll get more we is he like a if this is a 46 game season for Davison Tyler do you think he's a 10 goals goal you know 10 goals a season sort of player or could he be better than that because he historically over his career he's not prolific no I think just just going off what we've seen through the first nine I think he's much more of a he'll get 10 maybe 15 somewhere around there but he'll weigh in with so much more off the ball in terms of like, assists yeah. and just causing defenders issues uh, there was a couple of Bradford fans on Twitter after the game in, I think it's a Twitter space they have, where where they were saying how much of an issue he just kept causing Songo and O'Connor. So that that's a lot of credit to him when you've got the opposition fans praising you because you, you haven't scored. You've you've not even got an assist to your name. You've just done the dirty work and, and you're still getting the praise. Um, but... I think he'd definitely be more of your ten fifteen and and a couple of assists. Like he he's clearly not a selfish striker because of the game against Walsall where he's just 
backed in and laid it off for Aguiar's second. No, first. His first where he's just set it off when, in all honesty, he probably could have controlled it on his right and just hit it across the keeper with his left. Yandolo. Yandolo returns it to Williams. Left edge of the box. Into the area he goes. Cut back there! And it's the equaliser. A quick response from Swindon Town. And it's Harry McCurdy. The man who scored so many goals this season for Swindon. That's his 17th of this campaign. Second half, Dan. Go. Um, yeah, we started it rather well, which wasn't a precursor of things to come. So, um, but a very, very good uh, Ricky Aguiar chance um, cleared off the line by O'Connor from a, a left wing Iandolo cross. Few, few town players asking whether or not it crossed the line. Um, it didn't. Um, no. I, think, I think the Matt Edwards um, mm. angle also confirmed. You know it. it it was nowhere near crossing the line, but very good chance. And Aguiar had actually been quite quiet in the game up to that point. But um, second half was better. He'd had a another volley well over uh, a minute or so before that one off the line. And later in the game, um, involved in a couple of very good counter-attacks. Didn't always go right. But um, yeah, he, he sort of got better as uh, the second half went on. But what then followed, probably sort of minute... 57, 58 through to about, well, basically through till about Odomeo going down injured and having to be replaced by Broadry, which led to the change of shape. It was a very dominant Bradford spell, real home crowd pressure building, momentum. It just felt like Swindon were pinned in. And again, for the second time in the match, Bradford haven't scored when they're on top. Um, like they did in the the first 10 minutes of the first half. So probably the most landmark moment would be um, hitting the woodwork twice in a minute. First header, I think was Folds, which was an excellent header from a corner, off straight off the crossbar, ball recycled, ball comes in against Songo, looping header over Wallacott, clipped the bar and just went over. And, and so again, Swindon riding their luck there. Um, and Bradford will probably point to that and, and be... Well, gutted they haven't taken anything from the match. But what there were there were a couple of smart yellow cards in there. Really got booked stopping a counter attack. Ellis a bit daft got booked for kicking the ball away. But just a few signs that Swindon were willing to do some of the dirty side of the game, which hasn't always been hasn't always been true this season. There was a handball shout against Cooper after about sixty three minutes as well, which for my money shouldn't have been a shout. Um, he just sort of lent into it with his chest. Tops, it's maybe hit his shoulder. Um, the summariser on Quest uh, Football League show seemed to intimate that was another unlucky moment for Bradford as Swindon were getting battered second half. We'll come on to Swindon doing the battering later. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose summarizers aren't gonna summarizers aren't gonna sit and watch the match, are they? <laughs> you were fuming with the quest guy. <laughs> come on, fill your boots. Uh, well, yeah, come on, watch the game. <laughs> Don't just watch the one minute fifty that Sky have cut together, please. But they work to some tight time scales. I'm sure he's not paid that much. I hope he had a nice <laughs> weekend. Um, but yeah, so Swindon really. Slice of luck or good fortune in the sense that Odomeo got a bit of a knock, tried to carry it on, had to sit down again, which led to the change of shape. And 
pretty much from that point onwards, sort of 70 minutes onwards, with the back three and Hunt and Iandolo reverting to being the, the wing-backs, Audrey barely put foot wrong, and pretty much everything I've written down after that is swing the pressure, shots, saves from their keeper, Bass, um, penalties, etc., etc. So um, I wonder what you think about the, the change of shape, Tyler. With good fortune, brilliant management, bit of both? I think it was more more brilliant management than than it was fortune because we we've taken Akin off and, and we still had the chance to keep the back four. We could have brought on say Ryan East or, or could have just, just gone straight for Paney. Uh and moved and moved Ellis back to, to left back and Hunty across to the right. We didn't. We we decided that, that going to a three was the right cause. Right going to a back three was the right choice. Um and sticking Audrey in the centre of that was was the move. And to be fair, he, he got it bang on. I think what what happened when when that when that change was made was Baudry's come on and his experience is just proved to be absolutely vital for the final twenty minutes. He's won near enough every header he went up for. He was calm and composed on the ball. Um and to be fair, he he just looked like a new player someone completely different to what we'd seen earlier this season. He was really confident and I think he gave Cooper and O'Brien that sort of experienced head that they might have needed at times when they played together so far. I, I feel like Baudry's better performances have, have, have taken place when he's come in at, you know for an injury like during the game and he's actually been very, very good. Yeah, definitely. He, he seems to be able to do that quite well, stepping into into some deep waters and then just, just easing the ship for us. Whereas that there are games he's started and he's just absolutely bossed it. Whereas certainly not the way. Mm. Yes. He was yes, good. Definitely. Other than the penalty. Don't know what he's done for that. Yeah. He's hand about it. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think I'd agree with you that his best performance is when, when we need him to sort of just, just guide us through and, Try and either get get the three points like like Saturday, or or just see out see out a result. Yeah, I, I think I'm talking nonsense when coming on because I don't think he's done it too much. But I am gonna sort of stick to that rhetoric by saying when he's come into the squad, it might be as a starter. Um, but when we've all gone, oh, Baudry has to play, and then he's actually been quite good so you know um there's there was one contribution from a listener mitch singh actually um said let's give ben garner some props he even showed a plan b which was his old plan a when ak got injured he could have easily moved hunt and iandolo to fullback then pain into midfield however baudry at center back and wing backs actually made us more stable at the back and have full back freedom along with McCurdy as forward, Dan. So it's good. I mean, I'm always wary that we don't give Garner enough credit when he deserves it. So this is as good a moment with the Odomeo injury. Yeah, and just to be clear, when I set that question up for Tyler there, I was sort of slightly tongue-in-cheek, slightly devil's advocate, because I think um, as much as we were banging on a month ago about, you know, stubbornness of Ghana, that sort of reluctance to change anything. Um, you know, where is the plan B? Well, we had, what was that? Good three months there of playing three five two. So the squad are really familiar with that. I know we stunk the place out at Tranmere and that was sort of 
the death nail of the the three five two. Um, but yeah, the the four three three in the last um, what's it now three four weeks has really spruced things up. Um, it's given us a bit more attacking verve. But the advantage of that is actually you can still fall back on the three five two, which you've been playing for the majority of the season, and whatever Garner spotted to make that change and not bring an East on or bring pain on at that point, absolutely full credit to him. He has gone a long way to winning the game in that moment. And Baudry also, as we've touched on, deserves credit for how he played. I thought Theo Robinson, who came on for Lavery, he had a pretty stinky time. Um, he he made Bradford worse. Um and I think Cook tired as the game went on, and the ball really wasn't sticking for um, for Bradford like it had earlier in the match. And Swindon's back three were then able to dominate the ball and spring attacks through the wing backs. And the fitness of Iandolo, who's obviously played the first seventy minutes there in centre midfield, you know, at proper, you know, that was a difficult. Northern away day against a really spirited side playing for their new manager. And he's gone out to wing back and then just rocket fuel. He's, he's been up and down, up and down, culminating with the, the penalty win, which, um, you know, it's just pure desire and effort to get there ahead of the keeper. I was, I was so pleased for Ellis. Um, and Hunt as well. He's played left back, right back, right wing back, all in this one game. So, yeah, the versatility of the the small squad shining through, and uh, big props to Ghana. Yeah, Ellis is having the season of his career. There could be no <laughs> debating that. I mean, before this season, the most amount of starts he had had over a whole season was the low the, the lockdown season actually, where it all stopped nineteen twenty, where he only started ten games. He started twenty eight this season, and his previous in appearances in the league was fifteen. And he's what, 32 appearances into the league season now. So it's a stunning change of uh, fortunes for him, Tyler. So you've got to change your mind, haven't you? Like fully, without having to apologise. No, not yet, not yet. Uh, um... <laughs> what more has he got to do for you, Tyler? Come on. But the obvious at this point, he's, he's got to get that goal and, and really stick it to me, hasn't he? <laughs> he's scored one. Winner in the playoff actually. final then. Is that, is that, oh, I feel like that's the only oh, thing that's oh, going to yeah. turn you here, Tyler. That, that that one can go beyond the air at that point. If Iandolo scores in the playoff final, I'm going to get his name tattooed across my shoulder blades. Just give me a goal at Wembley. I don't care. Well, who. A big number three to go with it, Rich. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not going to do that. No, um, to score at Wembley would be progress, wouldn't it? So... Oh, God, yes. <laughs> That'd be a step up. <laughs> oh, man, it's been... No, let, let's not move down that road. Um, Tyler, a bit of negativity here because McCurdy got booked uh, with about 20 minutes to go, which means um, he misses the next two games, midweek against Exeter and the following week against Oldham in a game that we really want to win because we don't want John Sheridan to give it the absolute big guns um, at the county ground in front of many, many fans. It's not the end of the world, though, because we know he's been having injections to keep him playing. So it was going to happen eventually. So I guess we might as well just get it over and done with. I, I didn't see it as a negative. I saw it as a positive. Um, because I, th- I, th- I think like what, what you're saying is is he, he's been playing through this injury anyway. And going into that, that real nitty-gritty running, you need someone who can 
just be there every game for ideally 90 minutes. And that's that's what you need your best players to be able to do. And McCurdy is probably one of, if not our best player this year. And we need him for, for those big games. And so if we can rest him for the next two whilst he's got this injury and he comes back fully fit whilst having a clean sheet near enough of yellow cards as well, then I'll take that and run with it, really. I guess the downside, really, is that of all his bookings, that was probably the softest and the one that we can't really get angry with him for because referee was a bit harsh there, wasn't he, Dan? Yeah, well, watching it live, it seemed very innocuous. Ball going out on the uh, the near touchline for a Bradford throw. McCurdy's sort of done the... Just a nice thing, really, as if you're playing Sunday League football. Like, you're trying to save the opposition player running 30 yards to get the ball. He's just sort of stuck an arm out. And um, the refs looked on that as a deliberate handball, which was it even still in play? From my view, Dan, it looked like he he, he was off the pitch. So Yeah, I mean, (laughs) just what a way to get your two-match ban when, you know, he berates referees every week. I mean, even during this game, he had a few pops, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that, that was a contributing factor yeah. then. Oh, well. But, Dan, before we get to the penalty, other moments in this game where it could have gone either way, discuss. Yeah, so pain coming on, 77 minutes. As much as it was lovely just to get Payne back on the pitch, um, he instantly just improved the side. And we'd been playing okay up to that point. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about some some swinging chances now. So, pain involved in some good build up. This is around the 80th minute. Aguiar long shot, probably the wrong option. He should have gone out wider to hunt, comfortably saved by Bass. Um, about a minute later, very very promising counter attack. Pain driving out of the box, lovely little handoff on. I think it was Gilead chasing him. You know, this this didn't look like a player just feeling his way back in. He came in ready. And so if Swindon do seem to have taken a long time to bring Paney back, I think on this evidence it might have been worth it. Um, but yeah, so in that counter-attack, Aguiar seemed to have the whole left side of the pitch to run. I think if he'd been a left footer, he probably would have just carried on in a straight line and shot towards the back post. But he cut back in and made a wrong choice and it fizzled out, I think, as a Swindon corner. And then our man McCurdy is having a very, very good game. 84 minutes, you know, looking for that hero's moment, um, sort of gathered the ball um, from a Davison flick on. I thought McCurdy looked off personally, but um, a drilled left foot shot that Bass had to tip over the bar. We're getting closer. Stick with me. Brandon Cooper, of all people, first minute of... Uh, stoppage time went on a mazy dribble into the box probably should have passed it off to the player to his left but he had a the glory sort of come into view and um that was blocked by songo out for a corner um then mccurdy again picked the ball up wide on the left lovely lovely cross um which and this was davidson's big moment got really good connection on the header Another fine save by Bass to tip that round the post. And at this point, I think you think, oh, you know, we really needed one of those previous ones to to go in because, you know, the keeper's saving Bradford here. 
And then sure enough, sting in the tail. Swindon kept going. They kept pushing. There was only one side going to win this game in the last 10 or 15 minutes, and that was Swindon Town. And sure enough, rush of blood to the head for Bass. Iandolo, you know, that same sort of desire he showed at Warsaw where he managed to get to the byline and get the get the cross in before the ball went out, get into the ball before the keeper, keeper cleaning him out. And um, that, you know, elation of winning the penalty, which then turns to nerves. But it was all set up for Paney. Paney on his return. Cool as a cucumber. Tyler, why don't you tell us how it felt in the ground? Uh, I, I couldn't watch, mate. Uh, I had my head <laughs> buried on my mate's jumper looking at him. Uh, and so I've heard the referee blow his whistle and it's just silence other than a couple of boos from, from the Bradford end. And just, yeah, just a few. Um, and then I've just been absolutely chinned by my mate as he's jumped. And away we go with... Uh, the celebrations, which felt a bit surreal, really, because it was a game I thought I'd, I'd happily take a point from because we really were not great. And then to take all three that late in the game, it, it really felt a bit like a robbery. Um, and we've had that done enough times to us this season. So to to do it for once was, was quite nice. Robbery? What have Bradford done in the second half, really? I know they had that very long period of pressure. They've hit a crossbar twice. Exactly. Wallacott has not had anything else to do in the half. Okay, Swindon, first post-substitutions, so post-formation change. Swindon were winning that game. I don't disagree with that. Final 20, we, we were all over it and definitely were the ones in, in the ascendance. But before that, you could probably argue that Bradford should have two, if not three goals. So I, th- I thought we were quite fortunate there. Fortunate, but I still think we were worth a point up yeah, until the yeah, formation I'd, change. I'd agree with that. I, th- I think getting the three is, is a bit is a bit yeah. of a steal. Maybe not a robbery, uh, perhaps just a 50% off sale. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 just, no, I just want to celebrate the, <laughs> the decision-making from the goalkeeper Bass. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because it is absolutely absurd. If if that was, I'm, I'm not going to go in too hard on him because last time I went hard in on a goalkeeper, he became a Swindon player a year or so later. So Iandolo's going to get to it, and you know he could possibly cross it in, but it's almost no danger, and I have no idea what he's doing. And it's one of those glorious penalties where not one Bradford fan can look at it both live and retrospectively, and say, oh, I think he's milked it there. <laughs> it's just, he's just cleaned him out. It's stunning stupidity. I've gone all in. We're going to sign him on a two-year deal in a year's <laughs> hey, time. His shot stopping was very good. Um, he was why Bradford were going to get a point until the rush of blood to the head. Um, but no, I, I, obviously, we're on a Swindon podcast, you know, Bradford were gallant losers. They get clapped off. Mark Hughes has got plenty to talk about post-match. Who cares? I'm more worried about Sunan. And the fact that we kept going and we got better as the game went on and there was no issues of fitness, there was no issues of settling for a you know hard-end point up north, that's just a sign of a really good side for me. And that the mentality in the squad is strong. I, I think this is that this win is a seriously good win. 
I think a few people online have made the very good point, actually. Bradford play like that. I think with their run of fixtures coming up, they are going to take points off of some of our promotion rivals. So up the Bantams, always like Bradford. Valley Parade's a lovely ground. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to look back on that and that could be quite a pivotal three points. Yeah. Those scenes were lovely jubbly. Yeah, Tyler, talk to me about those post-match scenes. They looked great fun. It, it sort of goes with what Dan was saying about how it feels like a game we'll look back on being absolutely massive in that in that final run. Um, because the, it looked like the players felt the same as well. Uh, because everyone was saying, like, we're going up. and But it did just feel different to how it had been throughout other games this season. It felt more... Like, felt more like it could actually happen and everyone was absolutely buzzing. Obviously, scoring that late on is always going to help, but even like Garner, he felt a lot much... uh, He felt a lot more different with the way he was sort of getting the fans up and and really punching the air with with a bit more bit more power than he has before. I'm sure I'm sure CO2 is going to be very very angry with him. Um <laughs> I, I think I think that Tyler and correct me if I'm wrong there because his post match he was just like pretty much saying that we won today not playing our best and that's always going to feel a little bit better what and of course a 96 97th minute winner always goes down well doesn't it yeah with it without a shadow of a doubt it goes down well and i mean going back to what you were saying about alex bass i think that might be one of the quickest hero to zero moments i've I've seen in a long time because he's gone from saving davison's header uh and and you think oh he's he's kept bradford a point there to then within about a minute because it it comes from that corner giving away the penalty and and so that's a bit like oh you've Really cost your team a bit there, but I, like like you say, I don't want to go in too hard on him in case he, he rocks up here in a couple of years. Dan, I'm always talking about it. I just fair play. Garner's enjoyed it, but I just wish he had a cooler coat. Get over yourself, Rich. It's such a lame coat. No, My wife's got. You've got to respect the gaffer jackets. They are. No, I don't respect the gaffer jacket, and that's a big problem for me. <laughs> I mean, the glorified sleeping bag. Rich, if if we win at Wembley, I'll, I'll buy you one. With a Swindon badge on. RP is on record. Okay, okay. Well, you know, it's also on record that I'm going to get a tattoo of Iandolo's name on my back, which is absolutely not going to happen. But, you know, you do strange things when you're emotional, don't you? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it did look wonderful post-game. Lots of slow-mo footage of uh, the players congratulating each other and the fans post-game. And it's just lovely to see. It's just, I just... Thoroughly love winning. <laughs> Business end of the season. Swindon have big away followings. And if you can have those sort of clutch moments, if this side is as together as it looks and they're going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing, then these are some good signs for the end mm. of the season. This is uh, a nicey, nicey side pre-Christmas who are starting to add a bit of... Grit. bit of a clinical winning kind of streak I mean early days but I think some of the new players deserve a big pat on the back for that as well Cooper is a mean he's a mean defender O'Brien is settling into professional football really well Aguiar has deputised brilliantly to the point where you know he's gone from reserve who yeah we might loan out to 
genuine first team option. I mean, he must be absolutely top of the world at the minute, Ricky Aguiar. He's in the team. He's playing Saturday, Tuesday. He's got he's really nailed on for a new contract if he'll sign it. And um yeah, I mean sometimes you need injuries. It helps you find out about your squad. And with McCurdy suspended for Tuesday, Tomlinson out. Um, you know, there's there's a chance there for a Mitchell Lawson or a Parsons um to come in and finally really stamp their mark on on that team and give Swindon another viable option through to the end of the season. Playoffs, Wembley, Rich pulling tatty. Could go either way. Yandolo now, left corner of the box, rolls it back for Reed, the corner taker. Reed creates space, comes to Payne now, another block comes in. It'll spin out towards Bass. Bass has been beaten to it, and there's a penalty. Ah, A penalty for Swindon Town. Jack Payne then against Alex Bass. Payne jogs up and thumps it into the back of the net. Goes right down the middle. Bass dive down towards his left-hand side. And Bradford City are facing a fifth successive defeat in League Two. Fan reaction now. Thank you to everyone who sent stuff in. Starting with Pete Lusty, who simply says, never in doubt. Jimmy Legg says he was worried by this game before kickoff. First 15, we were on the ropes, but it sounded like we grew into the game. Key to peg them back quickly after falling behind, and this team showed heart. Enough cliches for now. Happy with the win. Pete Marsh says, Baldry and Payne obviously off the bench changed the game. Why didn't Hughes do better tactically when AK went off prompting the change to 5-3-2? Or was that down to Frenchie? Bradford won't take any prisoners from now to the end of the season. James says, needed to compose my thoughts after a crazy 90 minutes, but thought a draw was a fair result. The goalkeeper cleaning up Iandolo was incredibly stupid, but I'll take it. Garner responded well to Odomeo's injury, stabilised us at a crucial time and blunted Bradford. Rob says, feels like we stole that one, got lucky a fair few times and looked a bit bullied by Bradford, but fair play to the boys for coming out second half and turning it around. Luckily, Bradford had lost their sting a bit by then. Paul Merriman says, here is a chronological summary of the game. Graft, goal, graft, halftime, graft. Garner's tactical subs and formation change. Run them ragged. Penalty, three points. Thanks. Pitch was terrible. Wardiess says, great game. With the late changes, that was a great result. Man of the match, the ever unshakable read. But Payne showed in the last 15 minutes how good a player he is. Gillian Gray says, blimey. I'm kind of glad I was only listening. I don't think I would have survived watching that game. Pass the smelling salts. Bernie Mann says, great three points considering the circumstances of the day. This is the sort of battling, resilient performance that we haven't seen much of this season when it was needed, but a welcome one. We'll give confidence. Shame about the niggles creeping in and Harry's yellow card. Scott Munro says that was worth the trip. What a win. Dogged performance in the end. Credit to Garner for the switch to the back three with Baudry coming on for Odomeo. It worked well. Lost voice in the away end after the game and some limbs after the pain penalty. Jamie Goodwin also calls this a dogged victory against good opposition. Jojo made some very important saves when we were under pressure for the opening 25. Could prove to be a vital win come the end of the season. Dima Mackin calls it a brilliant result. Great to have Payne back at an important time. Fair play to Baudry as well, who won important headers and got stuck in. Subs made the difference with the formation change. Love you, Rich. 
Love you, Dean. One more Dave says, hey, baby, do you think we should jump around? Because this is a house of pain. Happy birthday, Dave. Ben Nichols says, three points were huge. Not only that no McCurdy, no Barry, maybe no Tomlinson for next week. That's such a huge blow. Massive. Sheridan is going to beat us, isn't he? Come on, Ben. Hanra Hanra Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge. Come on. Dogged source. Enormous win against the odds given the late change and injuries. Cooper scrapping, McCurdy doing bits, Jack Payne, nerves are still, and Ellis Iandolo outstanding on both goals. Hashtag E-I-E-I-E-I-O. Hashtag C-O-Y-R. Hashtag S-D-F-C. <laughs> Russell Arkley says, Payne changed the game when he came on. Oh, how we have missed his creativity. Not our best performance, but absolutely one of the best away days. Luke simply says, it's Swindon Town. John Stone says, I love Jack Payne. And Neil Hussey describes Jake O'Brien's performance as colossal. Jason Spacey provides a video of Ben Garner superimposed into a Jackson 5 era Michael Jackson simply boogieing. Remarkably easy to describe. Paul Temple says, bit shaky early on. Glad to see some experience back in defence, settling it down at the end. Man of the match, Jack Payne coming on to howling reception and the composure to take the penalty down the middle. Come on, you Reds. Lee Strachan says, I thought Williams was very classy yesterday. And Mr. Jason says it was a frantic match, but enjoyed it, obviously. Iandolo was class throughout and the little assist to Williams for McCurdy's goal was great. Great to have Payne back. Can possibly rest Aguilar now as last couple. He's been a bit below, but he is still young and still learning. Flower Girl says, McCurdy, man of the match for me. Sounded like he had the spark alight from what I heard on the radio, but also Jojo for making those saves. And finally, from the town players, Jack Payne says, after a proper couple of months, feels good to be back, some way to do it. Johnny Williams says, summer away day, three points, an assist, and to see the little genius back with a bang. Congrats, Rob Hunt, on 100 games, brother. Matthew Baudry with... Enjoying every moment on the green thing, especially with them boys. And finally, Harry McCurdy, who said, and those listening to this during the school run, please turn it down now. Harry McCurdy says, what a fucking day. 95th minute winner from my hero. Another goal. Bradford's a shithole. I want to go home. (laughs) So, So Tyler, Harry McCurdy saved it all for his social media content a bit later on. Um, I do enjoy how every every fan of the opposition think he's specifically going for them. But the reality is, is Harry's going for everyone and eventually he'll go for us. But until then, it's funny watching everyone flap wildly at the unprofessionalism of this young man. Yeah. Definitely, it, it, especially that most recent one that Instagram tried taking down from him. I mean, <laughs> he, he's he's not the most media friendly, you, you might say, but we all love him and it is very, very entertaining to, to watch. Can we have Q&A with Harry McCurdy, please? Swindon media team. Oh, what we haven't mentioned is, is McCurdy post-game. He, he was absolutely loving it with that Conor McGregor-esque walk at times. He's <laughs> <laughs> about to buy Chelsea as well, isn't he? If he's doing he, the McGregor one. Yeah, 1.5 billion. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, man of the match there was it was it it was quite a close one for this and it was a big talking point 
within the uh, the, the WhatsApp group, um, there were nods for Reed. Obviously, it is the Louis Reed Man of the Match award, so Reed always gets his nod. Iandolo got a few. Johnny Williams, who we've I don't think we've even mentioned, but the assist he he got a few. It was good, yeah. Um, Jake O'Brien also got a couple of mentions, but the most nominations was quite even at the time was Harry McCurdy, Jack Payne, who only played, you know, what a quarter of the game and and Jojo Wallacott. So those were the three I put to the man of the match poll. Um, 342 people were kind enough to tell me who they felt was man of the match and over half of the vote went to Jojo Wallacott. Um, so Jojo gets the listeners vote. But who gets ours? We'll start with you, Tyler. I, I was torn between between three. Uh, one of them being being the man who the man of the match award is named after. So he's ruled out. I'm <laughs> straight away. He can't get it. He's too exactly. good for it. I, I'm I'm not gonna give it to Jojo just just to annoy my my co-host on the uh, Tom Broadbent lounge. Um, so apologies, apologies, Mark. It's not going to be Jojo. I'm going to give it to Ellis because he's just here, there and everywhere at the moment. I like it. I like it. Dan, what are you going for? Well, it's certainly true that with Ellis, we win away. We win away. Um, Oh, oh, we love that yellow kit. Well, I'm going to argue strongly for McCurdy. And all the players we've mentioned, Jojo in goal, kept swindling in the game with some smart saves. I still maintain there's no world, no, no like worldy saves there. They're all saves you'd want him to make, but he's done his job. So, you know, he's 7 or 8 out of 10. Reedy, obviously, always class. The man of the match awards named after him, for God's sake. Um, Iandolo, superb in two positions. Arguably even better at left wing back in that final period of the game. But McCurdy for me. And I'm going to give you a whistle-stop tour of why it should be McCurdy. He's been a real threat all game. He's given folds to the left back a torrid time. He's going to be seeing Harry McCurdy in his nightmares and on Instagram. He's had the <laughs> shot cross off the line. Super finish for the goal. What a finish. That like It just seems simple, but that was, that was class with the outside of his foot. He's put it on a plate for Davison twice. One missed header and one header saved. Um, he's had a one-on-one with a keeper, actually. We didn't even mention Bass's save off that. That was about 70 minutes in. Sort of difficult angle. He nearly lifted it over Bass. He's obviously had the the long range distance tipped over and wide, and then you know in extra time, Halpinson and push for the win. I, I just think over the course of a ninety minutes for a right winger, you know wide forward, whatever you want to call it, he he has had a superb game there. Arguably, you know, not by number of goals. You know, he got four goals against Northampton, but. Arguably, he's probably had his, one of his best games there at Bradford on a hurty ankle. The worst of all injuries. Yeah, a hurty ankle. Um, I just think I, I can't look past McCurdy. I think what more do you want your wide forward to do? I mean, in champ manager terms, I think he's getting a 9 or a 10. That is how you do it, Tyler. So the Lou Reed man of the match is shared between Jojo and Harry McCurdy. We've got a presser coming up so i'm reluctant to discuss the exeter game too much but remind me who's out for that game who have you got out you've got harry uh you've got gladwin you've got jordan you've got barry uh, akin you've got tomlinson barry barry i thought you were saying harry um well conroy out as well and that that's by uh that's by choice 
feel like we should talk about that. It certainly feels like how Anthony Grant or the Anthony Grant saga started with, yes, he's fully fit. Okay, cool. And then the lineup is announced and they're not even on the bench. So it does have that same tactic of just saying, answering the question and then rolling it over to another presser. Um, I think it was becoming apparent he wasn't there. I think on his social media, he was, you know, on Instagram sharing videos, which where he was clearly not with the squad. He's fully fit and he's not in the squad. He's our captain. So all signs suggest that he is done for the season or for the time being, unless there's some sort of a um, change of heart there. And it could be this week because we're down a few, but Anthony Grant didn't find him in the, himself in the squad when we were short. Dabre was back, but he's out on loan. So, oh, it'll be interesting. But it's it's a shame when this stuff happens because a lot of us are putting two and two together and making all sorts of sums, Tyler. But when you say... you your captain's fully fit and ready and they're not in the squad it's hard not to make assumptions yeah it, it is hard to think otherwise that that he's he's not going to be here i mean would i have him in the squad no i'd probably have done the same thing that garner did i don't think he's shown the quality in in recent performances to to deserve to be there um but like you say he's your captain and just saying that he's fit and then leaving him out entirely not even just having him on the benches is a big brave call to make well one thing's clear i don't think he, he really is captain other than by you know by legacy um bob hunt's been wearing the armband Payne put it straight back on when he came on this side has slightly moved on um mm, we spoke earlier which is about what happened with grant as well wasn't it it did yeah and sometimes these things are just organic Managers get paid to make these sort of decisions. If the results come, people aren't going to think about it. So contracts up at the end of the year. He's in his mid twenties. It's going to be a slightly unfulfilled time at Swindon, I fear, for Conroy, blighted by injury, blighted by John Sheridan. You know, lack of physio last year. You know, there's a lot of lot of sympathy there for for Dion and. Yeah, it looks like it may just be a, a part of the ways. If we're if we're thinking ahead of Exeter logically, Baldry comes in for Odomeo and then it's a shootout between JML and Parsons to come in for McCurdy, Tyler, would you say? Yeah, I'd probably say so. Or Payne, maybe, of course. Payne, yeah. Well yeah. see, I'd maybe look at giving Aguiar a break and putting Payne in instead okay. of him. Purely because it's a big step up in like not just quality but intensity for Ricky to make and he, he did start to fade out a bit toward the end of the Bradford game for me. So I think maybe just a rest for him is, is the best option now. Not Nothing against him as a player. We, like We've all seen his quality since he's come into the side but he, he's just looking leggy for someone so youthful and that that can be the time that you think in such a big profile game it, it's worth giving him that chance to have the breather and putting your, I'd, I'd guess what you would now say is your captain back into the lineup. Cool. There we go. Okay. Well, I've, more of that, I'm sure, in the next presser, which is scheduled for Monday. But until then, thank you very much, guys. Cheers, chaps. Bosh. Oh, 
The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.